what he speaks must come to fruition. And the next time God speaks to you, take it as truth because it is a truth. And that is the same mouth that created this entire universe. Remember that he said, let there be light and we have light. He says, separate the earth from the waters and the earth and the waters were separated. Come on, yo. The same mouth is now telling you to do something and you want to sit down and say you're not good enough. God forbid. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get situated. Because it's, it's, it's a hot one today, ladies and gentlemen. It is a hot one today. Okay. Welcome. Welcome. Episode 112. I'm your host, Emmanuel Hecke. Um, you know, I really think that this episode is for somebody. I'm just going to say it like that. And before I get into it. Um, I hope you guys had an amazing last week. I have some community announcements, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the first community announcements is unless you're living under a rock or you just don't follow us on Instagram, we have finally released our campaign shirts. We have two t-shirts. I'm wearing one of them. We have the service tee. We have the sacrifice tee. Um, and I would really appreciate, we would really appreciate if you guys, you know, took this as an opportunity to support this ministry and purchase a shirt. Um, with every shirt that we create, we have pretty much a sub-brand called Relics. Unassociated Relics, Relics by Unassociated, whatever you want to call it. I really haven't made up a definitive is relics right um and with every piece of clothing that we create we call it like fashion evangelism um we want to have a biblical message or the gospel embedded into everything that we create um really so we can edify you and maybe even be a conversation starter um so you know with this shirt that i'm wearing um the message behind it is really just understanding that service is an expression of love um, and Romans 13 verse 10 is talking about how, you know, love does no harm to a neighbor. Um, and that's why it's the fulfillment of the law. Um, the other one is a sacrifice tea, which really just highlights the sacrifice that God has made for us, um, giving us his only son. And, um, you know, with that same with that same message, we should be able to make sacrifices as an expression of love to other people. It could be sacrificing your time, sacrificing your comfort, whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, you know, I hope that you guys, you know. If you want to cop a shirt, you can go to www.uarelics.com um, and you can cop one or you can just go to unassociated.com and you can go to shop and it's also there. So, yeah, we got we got these tees, man. We worked hard on these and, you know, I hope you guys love them, really. Um, and the second announcement I had was that we have finally, ladies and gentlemen, we have finally a shout out to Bella, one of one of our team members um, for getting this done and just, you know, really leading this entire effort. Um we are relaunching our newsletter, guys. Um, and this newsletter is going to have devotionals first and foremost. And it's going to have, um, you know, different like things that we find in like young Christian culture that that's really picking up. Like we, we want to have commentary on those things and like, you know, present those things to you. So um, definitely sign up for our newsletter. There's also some like exclusive deals. People who um, were on the newsletter were able to get like early access to the T-shirts and everything like that. So we do stuff like that every here and there because we appreciate you guys. And the newsletter is really just um, an opportunity for us to connect with you guys in a different way, be more personal and, uh, you know, really those those devotionals are really to pick you guys up. It's really short devotionals that you'll be getting like every week or every other week, something like that. So, yeah, 
those are the announcements oh yeah and make sure like when you a lot of times it goes straight to promotions or it goes straight to spam um but you have to intentionally um make it so it doesn't do that and i'll probably put out a video on how to do that with gmail um so yeah just be aware of that because that that happens a lot because of like google's like the way that they structure everything so yeah um cool so today i wanted to talk about something that i think is very important ladies and gentlemen um you know it's definitely something that's been relevant to me currently i feel like god has been encouraging me to have more faith and i feel like this kind of been the undertone of the past couple episodes um and the way the thing is i've really come to the point where there is simply no way around having faith there's no alternative path but to have faith right um but the thing is, I, like many of us, I'm a control freak. I like to be in control. When I'm in control of things, it brings a lot of comfort to me. However, if you're a control freak, you also know that it can bring a lot of anxiety. Why? Because if you're a control freak, at some point, you have to realize that you're, you're in your mind, you're all on your own. It's all up to you. Let me say that. It's all up to you. And when it comes to like little things that we know we can handle, right? That's easy. Okay, it's all up to me. I have control. I'm comfortable with this. However, we're inevitably in life going to face things that are bigger than us. And like, I know we don't like to think that things are bigger than us and we can be stopped. But if we could just step out of our own ego for one second and realize that this world is bigger than us, the trials and tribulations are bigger than us, we can be broken, right? Um. And the thing is, when you think it's all up to you and you face a trial that's bigger than you, what do you do? You know, um, I think a lot of us, we quit. A lot of us, we turn away. A lot of us, when we think that we're incompetent for something, we don't even start to try. And that's a problem. You see, at some point, we have to come to the realization that we cannot move forward unless we trust God. And I think throughout the entire scripture, we hear that when you trust God, good things happen. When you trust God, you're going to be satisfied. When you trust God, you're going to be content. But we don't. Jeremiah 17, verse 7. I've actually read this like three, four times in the past, like four or five episodes. <laughs> Where it says, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease um, from yielding fruit. This is the word of God. And throughout the scripture, we see that trusting in God is good. We are encouraged to do so. We need to do so in order to go about life. But the thing is, it's very much easier said than done, ladies and gentlemen, and we don't trust God. Why do we not trust God? Well, there's a plethora of reasons, but I think it really comes down to the fact that when we have faith, it just so happens, since faith is literally the evidence of things that we do not see, we don't see results, we don't see progress, and we don't see any sign that there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And the fact of the matter is, many of us, if not all of us, rely on what we see in order to continue down the path that God has called us to be, even though that's not the way that God wants us to do it. Therefore, if we need to see things in order to continue, a lot of us, we need to see our own competence for a task and our capacity for a task before we go. And that's a problem. Sometimes that's very wise, right? You know, you want to see if you can do something before you accept it. But when God is telling you to do something, it's not about seeing if you can do it or if you can't do it. If you have the capacity, you don't have the capacity. If you have the competence, you don't have the competence. Because listen to this. 
If you are not listening to God when he tells you to go, but instead listening to your competence, listening to see if you have the skill set or not, the competence is your God. Your own skill set is your God. You're listening to your skill set. You're not, you're not considering God. You're not considering his word. You're considering whether you can do it or not. So ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, the point of this episode is I'm speaking to the people who God has given you a word and he's given you a task and he's given you something to do. But you're not doing it. And you know who you are. You're not doing it because you think that you're incompetent. I need you to snap out of it. You think you don't have what it takes because you don't have what it takes. And you don't have any confidence. I can speak to this because, I mean, I think this message really derived from my own experience in this. And I'm think you know, when I look back, I'm thankful for the experiences that I that I have because I can share it. And I feel like the Holy Spirit uses those things. And, you know, this is a side note. Maybe God has you in this hard place because he needs you to experience these things. So when the Holy Spirit ministers to you, that you understand it and now you're able to share it with other people. That's a side note, all right? Well, we're going to go to Romans chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. The reason why I wanted to read this, it's talking about Abraham and it's kind of paraphrasing the significance of Abraham. Um, and, you know, I wanted to read it from here and not, you know, Genesis, just because I like the paraf- paraphrasing here um, by Apostle Paul. And, um, you know, with, with uh, what, what's going on here, uh, Apostle Paul is in the context. Let me say that. I don't know why I'm studying so much. In, the, in context, what Apostle Paul is talking about is our righteousness by faith. Like, that's the point, right? But I like the way he paraphrased Abraham's, you know, journey. So I'm going to read from here. It says, who against hope, talking about Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, Look at that. According to that which was spoken, Abraham had hope that he become father of many nations because of that which was spoken by God. So shall thy seed be. Look at this. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not in the promise of God through unbelief. Look at that. Excuse me. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, let me remind you, the context was talking about how Abraham was seen as righteous because of his faith, just the way we are seen as righteous because of our faith in Jesus Christ. But I wanted to talk about Abraham and talk about Abraham's journey. You see, verse 19 is where I really want to dig. And it says, being not weak in faith, Abraham, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Hmm. You see, it's some of us, we consider our body dead. Abraham wasn't necessarily incompetent because incompetent like per the definition incompetent means you lack the skills it wasn't that he lacked the skills i'd say it was rather worse he was physically unable (laughs) to do what god is saying is gonna happen and so was his wife 
When it talks about the deadness of his body, he literally was past this age. They were past this age of having children, right? Um, and, and they were unable to have this, but Abraham still had faith. But why did Abraham have faith? I'll tell you why he didn't have faith. He didn't have faith because he had a child before, because he hadn't had a child before. He didn't have faith because um, it was common for people like him. In, in, in their age, he didn't have faith because everyone is was expecting it from him. No one was expect no one was expecting a hundred year old couple <laughs> to have kids, and he he wasn't he wasn't he didn't have faith in him having experienced some type of supernatural like tada moment. Like you know, the Bible doesn't record that Abraham felt some type of power come upon him and like you know in his private parts to now. You know what I'm saying? No matter how dead Sarah's womb is, he's gonna have kids. No, none of that stuff happened. He didn't have faith in anything that he could see, any experiences that he had. Abraham had faith in the word of God. It literally says it, verse 18. It says, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. It says in verse 21, he was fully persuaded that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was also, he was able also to perform. Abraham's faith was based on what God told him, just like our faith should be based on what God tells us, not our own abilities. God has called some of us to do a certain task. And what do we do? We do nothing. And it's not because God hasn't spoken. It's not because God hasn't been clear. It's not because God has been silent. God has spoken. But we didn't see anything happen after that. So when God calls us, we say no. Why do we say no? Because we haven't done it before. Because people aren't expecting that from us. Because it's not common for people like us. Because we don't have the skill set to do it. And all we can do is focus on our own incompetence. Or maybe we pray to God for something and we're expecting some supernatural tingling from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. And I'm not saying that can't happen, but it didn't happen. So now we feel like, oh, no, it's no way that it could that no way that it can go down. And I didn't and I didn't plan to put this, you know, in the message initially. But right before I got on, like I wanted to make a reference to I want you guys to read Exodus chapter four. Verse 1 to 17, and God calling Moses and Moses talking about his incompetence. And it even got to the point where God was frustrated with Moses. He's literally telling Moses, you're telling me how incompetent you are as if I'm not the one that created you. And I'm not the one that is calling you. You think I don't? What do you think that you know that I don't know? You see, because God is not looking for the person who has all the skills. He's not looking for the person that is perfect. He's not looking for the person who's the most skillful. He's not looking for the person who is the strongest. Not that he's looking for the person that is a star of the show and has their entire life together. God is looking for the one that's going to put in their best and leave the rest to him. God is looking for the one that is going to be faithful God is looking for the one who's after his heart. And why do I know that? Why is God looking for the one after his heart? Ask Eliab, David's older brother. We know David, David and Goliath, King David. He was anointed to be king over the over Israel. There was a, a little point in time where God told Samuel, Samuel's like the head prophet, to go to the sons of Jesse. And I, I picked the king amongst his sons. Go there. He didn't tell Samuel which one that he picked, but he said, go there and I'll show you which one it, one it is. And Samuel pulls up to the scene and we look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6. It says, And it came to pass when they were come, when Samuel and the boys were come, 
that he looked at Eliab, Eliab, David's older brother, and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. He looked at Eliab. He said, that must be the one that's going to be king. Ah, yes, God, I found him. Look at verse 7 says, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not at his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. I'll give you another one. First Corinthians chapter one. And this was actually the message behind the hoodies that we released in January. The confound, the confounding. It says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of this world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, the things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. That's the word of God. You see, God uses the incompetence. He uses the foolish. He uses the weak. He uses the, the base things. He uses these, th these people who are considered by society to be incompetent. He used David, the little shepherd boy, to kill Goliath and be the king of Israel, the least in his family. He used Abraham and Sarah, the infertile couple, to birth a nation that would bless other nations in the world. He used the outnumbered army, the 300 of Gideon. To destroy the Midianites. But you're worried about your incompetence. And you allow your own incompetence to stop you from doing what the creator of the universe has told you to do. Something's not right about that. And let me tell you this. If you were more concerned with giving God the glory than you were with your with your uh let me say this. If, if you're if you were more concerned with giving God the glory, then you wouldn't be as concerned with your incompetence. Because per the evidence, God gets glory from our incompetence. Remember when we talked about living a life of glorifying God? See. God's glory is shown through our weaknesses. Remember, remember when Apostle Paul is talking about, you know, God saying that that his his glory is shown in his weaknesses. Right. And that his grace is sufficient. Right. I forgot what exactly where that is, but it's in Corinthians. God takes glory in us not being enough. For a task. But a lot of us are so caught up in not being enough that we don't do the task. You're missing the point. <laughs> yeah, it's going it's going over your head that's the point the point is that you're not good enough the point is that you're incompetent the point is that this is not what people expect from you the point is that you you seem like the person that's not supposed to be able to do the job but god's power you see this is what it comes down to god's power so he gets the glory you understand so then when people say how in the world is this little shepherd boy killing the giant? How in the world is this infertile couple and Abraham and Sarah doing all this birthing a nation? How in the world are these 300 people out here destroying an entire army? How in the world are people breaking down the walls of Jericho with trumpets? There's only one answer and it is because of Yahweh. <laughs> and he gets the glory. And people hear about Ah, so this is Yahweh and people have an opportunity. Wow. Okay. 
I want to follow that God. I want to know that God more. Don't miss the point. Focus on giving God the glory. Focus on God's word because God's word is truth. Like I said, we're caught up in our own incompetence. But did you know that in your own incompetence, God can be the person to, you know, you, you do the best that you can and God is going to take care of the rest because this is his business. It's, when he calls you to something, that's his business. So he's going to take care of his business, ladies and gentlemen, like we can be rest assured in that. And mind you, this is not a disclaimer. Like this is just a disclaimer. This is not me saying that don't work hard. This is not me saying don't strive to be better and better and better. But what I'm saying is don't rely on getting better and better and better um, to to be what drives you and what can, makes you continue to be, you know, God's servant to this task. Don't rely on your competence to let you know whether or not God has actually called you to this task. Don't rely on your capacity to see whether or not you should be obedient in this thing. If God tells you to do something, you do it. And it's not that you consider whether you can or not, you be like Abraham and you don't consider whether you have the capacity or not. You should just know that God called me to do it because God said it, it will be done. Isaiah 55, starting at verse 10 says, for as the rain cometh down, God is speaking to you for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and make it, it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the either. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. You have to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. It's not that you will accomplish the task that God called you to because you got it going on. No, the task will be accomplished because God spoke it. What he speaks must come to fruition. And the next time God speaks to you, take it as truth because it is the truth. And that is the same mouth that created this entire universe. Remember that he said, let there be light and we have light. He says, separate the earth from the waters and the earth and the waters were separated. Come on, yo. The same mouth is now telling you to do something and you want to sit down and say you're not good enough. God forbid. God forbid. You've been given a word, lady. You've been given a word, gentlemen. And for those of you who haven't been given a word, I pray this is what this is. This is the next step. Maybe pray on it. God, give me a word. I know I've been given a word. I'm gonna keep that to myself. Mm -mm. <laughs> I've been given a word and, you know, I forgot about it. I forgot about it. You know, when you don't have faith in the word God has given you. It, you'll forget about it. And now you have nothing to stand on. You know what I'm saying? Like at least nothing specifically to stand on. God's going to give you a word, pray for it, you know what I'm saying, and wait on it. And as you wait, he's going to renew your strength as well, um, because that's what happens. Um, yeah. I forgot I forgot what God had told me because I didn't have faith in it. I just thought it was whatever. 
Um, when in reality, when God speaks to us, he's, he's hoping that we rely on what he said and us trusting what he said to actually happen. And that's what's supposed to get us through the tough times. But we get distracted in thinking that we're incompetent for something that God has called us to because we're focused on us rather than giving God the glory. Man, I tell you, I don't I don't know if I can recall a place where God chose the person like literally chose that person because they had it going on. I show me in the Bible, you know, what I'm saying like most of the time, if not all the time, it was somebody who we have a reason to think that that was a bad choice, you know. Um, so, yeah, I hope that I hope that can really encourage you guys. Um, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much for your mercy. Thank you so much for your grace, Father God, because there are some of us who have told you no, but you haven't left us yet. You haven't forsaken us, Father God, and you won't, Father. And I pray, Lord, that they feel your love right now and they feel your grace right now, Father God, and we get up and we go right now. We get up and we go. And we do what you have called us to do, Father God, not considering our own incompetence, but considering your word in the mighty name of Jesus. And you will keep us wherever you send us and your grace will follow us wherever, even go before us wherever you send us, Father God. Let your name be glorified in the life of your children, Father God, and use us as your vessels as we surrender to you and let you be our confidence in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I love you guys. Hope you guys have an amazing week. You know what I'm saying? It's a new month. Um, you know, really, really, really take some time this month to, mm, excuse me, really take some time this month to, excuse me, goodness gracious, really take some time, um, to, you know, listen to God, listen to God. Uh, yeah, that's what I'll say. Listen, listen, listen for him. Take some time out to listen for him each day. Um, and yeah, love you guys. See you guys next week. Peace.